This morning I'm sharing the message which is very important in the timing in which we find ourselves. The prophecy you know, but the when and the how. Father, we thank you this morning. We adore you. We give you the glory that is due you. We thank you for bringing us together at your feet once more. Let your word that is coming be a power of excellence that will rearrange and reorder our lives in the area of the prophetic. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The prophecy you know, but the when and the how. The three dots at the end is part of the topic. So when you write it, don't leave them. The when and the how, three dots, means that the story hasn't ended. Amen. And this is a very important topic in the days in which we find ourselves. Because we live in days where the prophetic, the power of the prophetic is being brought so low that people have begun to disregard the prophetic. Because Amen. So sometimes when you hear the prophets preach, you can sense from their voice that they themselves sometimes feel intimidated. And interestingly, sometimes they even feel intimidated by the other giftings. So when a pastor is speaking, a teacher is teaching, an evangelist or an apostle is speaking, the prophet feels intimidated. Why? Because we have singled out these gifts and we are operating it in a way and because of the way we are operating it, something that should not be despised is being despised. Amen. It's being despised. And in Komsha, Abedani Bibia Yebuna Bufia is signing a year operating or sorry. So this morning I came with the message, the prophecy you know, but the when and the how. Because you see, prophecies come by declaration. So you know what the prophet is saying or what the mind of God is. Where the problem is, is the when and the how. Prophets and prophecies have been part of our relationship with God. Both the Old and the New Testament. They have been part. So you read the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament. You see prophets, you see prophetic. Same way you see Levite priests in the Bible. So this aspect of the ministry is something that transcends from Old Testament to New Testament. It tells you how important it has been as part of our relationship with God. But the difficulty with us as Christians and men is the when and the how. Amen. The when talks about the timing of the prophecies. And how, what manner should it take for it to happen? And you can see a typical example in 2 Kings chapter 7 from verse 1 and 2. In 2 Kings chapter 7, there was famine in Samaria. Everybody was confused, including the king himself. Confused. 
And the king, before the last part of chapter 6, was saying that, why should I even concern myself with God again? You could see that he has lost confidence in God. Then, Elijah made pronouncement and said, tomorrow by this time, that is the when. So this prophecy had a timing came by right. I mean, it's not all prophecy that you are told the timing, but this one has what? The when. So tomorrow by this time, food is going to be in abundance. And he started giving measurement. A seer of flour will sell for a shekel. Two seers of belly will also sell for a shekel. And there was a man standing by the king, the man on whose arm the king rests. The Bible says he listened to the prophecy. He despised the prophecy and said, as for this prophecy, even if God should come down and open the windows of heaven, this cannot happen. Then the prophet said that you will see it with your eyes, but you shall not partake of it. Why was the man standing by the king despising the prophecy? Because he doesn't know the how. Amen. Amen. So what manner is it going to take? Because this one, he has given the prophecy. He has given the time. But the manner in which he's going to take was what was confusing. And so the man despised the prophecy. And if you continue to read down, you will see that it happened. It happened through lepers. And they trampled the man underfoot. So the problem with prophecy, whether Old or New Testament, is with these two things. When and what? How? Amen. I always give example of a prophet who is now around who prophesied to my wife that you marry a pastor. That then she was a student. Then I met her in the university. I wasn't the pastor. Then at a point in time, we started dating. And this guy who was her deacon in church, who had also come to university, saw her and asked her, and you won a professor so and so so be a pastor. Now, Branty and now and then I'm not here so far. Amen. So you look at it in this context when and how. Amen. So, how is it going to be? Because as far as he is concerned with his eyes, I wasn't a pastor. And then I wasn't a pastor. But it was a matter of time when. And during the period of the when the how will materialize itself. So that has been the problem around us. And sometimes in waiting between the when and how, people do all kinds of things. Amen. But I don't want you to be ignorant and do all kinds of things. Because prophecy has transcended old and new. Every New Testament, Old Testament, Abba, New Testament. The only thing is that it differs. Amen. In the Old Testament, the Spirit of God was on peculiar people. Some of whom were prophets. But in the New Testament, the Spirit of God is on peculiar people and all believers. That's the difference. Amen. In the Old Testament, subject to the voice of that prophet. And therefore, when the prophet speaks, Sometimes it is difficult for them to walk the period of the when and the how. 
The difference between what was happening in the Old Testament and New Testament is that in the New Testament, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 16 to 18, the Spirit has been poured on all flesh, including the prophets. All flesh means all flesh. You read that scripture, Acts chapter 2, is talking about young men, old men. So every category of person who believes receives the Spirit of God. So the Spirit of God is not peculiar to the prophet. It is unlike Old Testament. Prophet But the difference is that God has elevated some people and has given them certain peculiar gifts to operate in the prophetic. But we have the same spirit to be able to weigh whatever he's saying. We will get to that point. Amen. So you go to the Old Testament, you look at Numbers chapter 27, and you see that when God anointed Moses special with a peculiar anointing of a prophet, what he had to hand over, you will see what God told him. Maybe we have, we have, let me read for you. Look at Numbers 27 verse 18. Numbers 27 verse 18. He said, the Lord replied, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Amen. Lay your hands on him. And you will ask, if you go to Deuteronomy 34 verse 9, you will realize that the spirit came in him because he, he laid his hands on him. Amen. Because he laid his hands on him. So you can add Deuteronomy 34 9 to Numbers 27 18. And you realize that the spirit of God was some peculiar people. You can go and check Bezalel and Oliab. When they were built, they said the spirit of God was upon them so that they can build God's house according to God's model. And Bible said the spirit has been poured upon all flesh. So the prophet has the spirit of God with the office of a prophetic gift. And the people he's ministering to also has a spirit of God who has been described by First Peter as a, 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 a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who are what? Called to show forth the praises of him who called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. In this is that's what makes them intimidated sometimes because they think you are playing down their game but that is not what it is amen so if you look at the new testament church you will see that it is not only prophet it was a balanced ministry there were prophets and there were teachers and there were apostles open your bibles to acts chapter 13 there were prophet teachers in the New Testament church. Why? Because prophecies serve to provide divine direction for the church. And after the direction has been given, people must be helped to walk towards the direction. That is what the other people must help them to do. Acts chapter 13. Are you in Acts chapter 13? It says that among the prophets and teachers of the church at Antioch 
Other translations say, in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Among them were what? Barnabas. Simon called the black man or the Niger. That's where the, the, the white people got the word nigger. When they say nigger, they are talk, telling that you are a black man. Lucius from Cyrene. Manen, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas. And Saul. Amen. So this is a roll call of what? Prophets and what? Teachers in the church of Antioch. Then he goes on to say, one day, as these men were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, dedicate Barnabas and Saul for the special work for which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. The question you have to ask yourself is, how did the Holy Spirit speak to these people? He spoke through the prophets among them and gave them direction. Amen. So the New Testament church had what? Prophets and teachers, combination. And they were supposed to work together, as you see in this case, to provide a divine direction for the church. The divine direction comes from the prophet. The prophet is separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas. After they've been separated, they lay hands upon them. They go out there. They start churches there. They send pastors there to go and handle the church. Prophets will visit them. Apostles will come and supervise what they were doing. The church was a balanced church. Amen. So that is the role of the prophetic as well as the other ministry. Because of this role, the prophetic in the New Testament church is not to be treated with contempt as we are doing nowadays. Amen. It is not supposed to be treated with contempt. And sese ye bu mkomshe ejumana nyamidi ama asoyine bufiyan. Nienti ama ye bu na bufiyano efi yankasa yon. Either way the Christians push the prophets into those corners. Or they themselves elevate themselves. I will show you a scripture where Paul was writing directly to the prophet among them as an apostle and warning them. Amen. So you see, why, what authority does Paul have to warn the prophet? And now the Mobimu are sorry, we not saw a prophet. Then you know, you senior pastor. Now me warning. Obekache me see we die sorry because me jealousy and a gift. Who are what you want? We die obe dinichi. Because you will know the prophecy, but the when and the how. That is where you will find yourself missing. And so that is the problem with the church. Amen. This gifting is not supposed to be treated with contempt. First Thessalonians chapter 5. It is not supposed to be treated with contempt. And you tell me you know you see you treating with contempt. I want you to open your Bible to First Thessalonians chapter five and see show you who Because we will be missing something that God has blessed the New Testament church with. Are you in First Thessalonians five? Look at verse twenty to twenty-one. Verse twenty to twenty. Do not scoff at prophecies. Other translations say, do not despise prophecies. Do you see that? But test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. It means that sometimes some of the things will be bad. Amen. The 
facts will be operating prophetic in Jesse de Biadiokano. Zoom, young Fanesa. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. So do not despise it. Test everything and hold on to what is good. Do not despise it. Test everything and hold on to what is good. How are you going to test? That is where the other giftings come in. Amen. Amen. So he said, do not despise it. Paul is warning them, don't despise prophetic gift. And we should not despise prophetic gift. He said, we should hold on to what is good and we should test everything. Amen. In the Christian, Papa, any of your thing comes here, what you carry in comes here, and you say, wait here, to me, we may be to an amour. Wait here, may you show us a prophet, and then I'll dream be Because Samuel went there, and because you see, in the days of Samuel, people were not giving the gift of the Holy Spirit to also weigh what he's saying. God has to intervene. Because he got there and he saw Eliab and Co. And he looked at their structure. And he thought, this is the anointed of God. And he was about to go. And, and God has to intervene and tell him, hey, hey, hey. Don't look at things. Today, it looks as if you haven't fasted enough. You haven't prayed enough. So your human nature is overriding your spiritual nature. Man looks at outward appearance. And from the way you are behaving today, it looks like you are veering off to look at outward appearance. Check yourself. I look at the heart. This is not the one. And God instructed Samuel. Is that not in our Bible? Yes. yes. In our days, God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's expecting you to test everything. Hold on to what is good. Amen. And that is the power you must be challenged to exercise. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, Paul again told Timothy that don't neglect the giftings that was bestowed on you when we lay hands on you and by the declaration of the prophets. Amen. Don't neglect the gift. So Paul is telling Timothy that, look, the day we were commissioning you into ministry, we lay hands upon you and prophecies came upon your life. And you were given a divine direction as to what? Where to go. But this moment, read this scripture. I am teaching you. Don't neglect it. What do you think Paul was doing to Timothy? Wasn't he teaching and instructing him? That should tell you the prophecy without teaching and instruction. You will miss the when and how. Amen. That is why he was quoting that to him. In 1 Timothy 4.14. He said, remember the day that we set you up and commissioned you to do ministry. We lay hands upon you and we made prophetic declaration upon you. Don't neglect those gifts. Stir it up. The book of 1 Timothy is a letter written to Timothy. And a personal letter. Amen. But because he carries inspiration, that is why it's in the Bible. It is to Timothy, but it's for all of us. In the end, Timothy, no, 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 there is a role for the prophetic gift. And that is why we should not treat it with contempt. Because in the New Testament uh, church, the prophetic gift was given divine direction. And there were other giftings like Apostle Paul, who was also there to instruct people, to guide them with the prophetic word towards the direction that has been declared so that they will not miss the when and the how. Amen. 
It is also a gift that needs to be recognized and operated in church order. Not in isolation. The word not in isolation has been called it. prophet. Now she can confirm five cities, two cities, five cities, ten cities. It is never to be operated in what? Isolation. And whilst it's in the church, it must be subject to what? Order. Church order. Now, let's go and read and see the warning Paul was giving to the prophets. 1 Corinthians 14. Come to 1 Corinthians 14. It is only in our days that we see people follow the, the giftings of men and forget about their character and their fruit. Amen. We follow the giftings of people and forget their character and their fruit. 1 Corinthians 14. We I don't see any destiny in him. Amen. And I'll be sending you anonymous in a bush and for my catch as any other day. This off with you and Nimu, as he. Amen. First Corinthians 14. Are you in verse 37? Now listen carefully. I want you to underline. If you claim to be a prophet, or think you are spiritual, underline that one. If you claim to be a prophet, so he's coming to tell them what he wants to tell if they claim to be prophets. You should recognize what I am saying. It is a command from the Lord himself. Is he, in what capacity is he talking? He is talking as an apostle who is in charge of the whole place and this gifting must be subject to church word order. Amen. Amen. I am saying as a command from the Lord, if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. Do you see that? So the church must recognize the person. Amen. And the person must operate under a certain umbrella. In the men, only any spiritual covering or any recognition. Nimkwanam freelance. Freelance prophet. Freelance prophet. Let me tell you one thing. Personally, as a pastor, I find it difficult inviting pastors who don't really pastor. Amen. I find it difficult inviting pastors who don't really pastor. On Saturday, near sorry, who flutes ah, or a doctor and kebeka so you lookum, lookum crow baby no sign ko baby. Where the only baby ah oh, total lookum pastor. Up from here to here, up to here, and all his ministry is on social media, virtual ministry. I'm not saying they are wrong. I personally find it difficult operating with such people. Amen. I personally find it difficult. Because as I said, you must go through the sweat and the blood to know what goes into ministry. 
hope you are getting me. They can talk anyhow. So he said, if you do not recognize what I'm going to say as a command, you yourself, and you, you, you see, but if you do not recognize this, you yourself will not be recognized. So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. But be sure everything is done properly and in order. You see what Paul is saying? Be sure. How can we be sure that the thing is being done properly and in order when the man is not subjected to anything? Nobody can call him to order. Nobody can ensure that what he's saying is being done properly. He is not subject to any authority. So, it is a gift that needs to be recognized, number one. And must also be operated within what? Church order. Other than that, you and I will find ourselves in trouble. Amen. Amen. You and I will find ourselves in trouble. And you see, ministry positions is not in titles. And it's not in what you see. That's the mistake we make. So you come to our ICGC setting. The general overseer is not a prophet. But he has prophets who work under him. And they must operate in order. I hope you are getting me. He must operate in order. But we as church members, as Christians, sometimes we pick somebody and we put it. So when I bring in somebody to even come a minister and is doing prophetic, some of you, you will give him what you will not give me. <laughs> uh, you will give him what you will not give me. Because you, you, you yourself have elevated him in your mind already. And there are pastors who also have the same problem. So their churches are being run by prophets. Because no one can say, So look at it in the context and what Paul is saying. So you see Paul warning the prophet that if you claim to be a prophet, you claim, listen to me and hear the command and hear the word of God. If you fail to recognize the word of God, we won't recognize you. And I won't stop you prophesy and speak in tongue but make sure that what you are doing is being done properly and according to what church order amen into being to me in casa under the guise of prophetic and do anything just because he says i'm being led by god we will wait amen and we will hold on to that which is good and we will do what throw out that which is not good that is scripture amen the fivefold ministry, which include the prophet, was given to equip members of the church. Equip us so that we can build the church. Amen. So it doesn't even stand alone, it stands with other giftings. According to Ephesians chapter 4. Maybe we'll read that. Ephesians chapter 4. It stands with other giftings. And the combination of those giftings must together equip the people to do what? The gift of service. Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 11. 
you there with me? He said, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers. Five. Their responsibility, their responsibility, which means all of them have a common responsibility to the church, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to build up the church, which is the body of Christ. So if what is being done doesn't equip you to be able to do God's work, then it means that we are either not using the gift properly or we are using the gift deceitfully. Amen. We are using it deceitfully. Because all the five offices work together to equip the body of Christ. All of them. And on verse 12 is telling you the responsibility of all of them together. Amen. And the prophecy we consult prophecies like the way they consult fetish priests. Bible Look into the New Testament chair. How many times do you see people being told, go and take salt, do it here, do that, do that? But nowadays, that's what we do. We consult prophetic like we are consulting fetish. And you see, when you preach like this, then because they also benefit from it out of the ignorance, they think you are fighting them. I am telling you that it is not supposed to be despised. But these are the things that makes people despise. Because all this can do testimony Amen. So all of them are to work together. Now there is an interesting thing that I want you to bring your mind on. And that is the office of a teacher. How many of you see pastors who call themselves teacher something something in the church? If you've seen one, lift up your hand. You see there is no hand. Do you know why? The teaching office holds all of them together. The reason why the office of a teacher is not a distinct title in the church, like an evangelist, like a prophet, like a pastor, like an apostle, it's because he's hold all of them together. Each minister should be able to teach. Amen. Today I'm giving you a, a destiny in the Bible. It holds all of them together. Each of them should be able to teach. Amen. Each of them, whichever office you are praying, you should be able to teach. Because that is what is going to define the when and how direction for the people. So
So now let's go to Bible and go and find out whether each of them is able to teach. 2 Timothy 2.24. Paul again talking to Timothy because he was the one who was handling a church. And he has to instruct him. I mean 2 Timothy 2. 24. 2 Timothy 2 verse 24. Are you there with me? Look at what it is saying. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. And there will be kita to me no. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to do what? Teach. And be patient with difficult people. Amen. Underlined. So you see what he say must not quarrel. Mm? A servant of the Lord must not do what? Must not quarrel. Must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. So if you have short fuse and you want to occupy any of these offices, then check yourself. Because the criteria is there must be able to handle difficult people. So it is not a gifting alone. You must be able to handle people. You must be able to stay on a track not to quarrel. Amen. Amen. As only in Kofu Okoye, no mu bo no mu ni na. Aye, twelve can hona aye thirteen. Hona obetchere. How you are going to handle it? Difficult ones, all kinds, and no quarrel. Amen. So that is what it is saying over here. The office of the teacher, all of them must be able to teach. Because that is the criteria of the servant of the Lord. If you go to Acts chapter 6 verse 2, the apostles made a very clear distinction here. Come to Acts chapter 6. Let's add that one to it. Come to Acts chapter 6. It says, so the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Do you see what he's saying? Why? Oh, apostle, why is he why is teaching so important that he doesn't want to neglect that to go and do food program? Because the apostle must be able to teach. The evangelist must be able to teach. The prophet must be able to teach. The pastor must be able to teach. Because all of them must be able to teach. The office of the teacher is a unified, bona fide one for all of them. That's why people don't take up a title and call themselves teachers as a title. All of them are teachers. And they do the rest in addition to the teaching. Amen. So when you see people who want to operate their gifting as if teaching is something else, it is also a distinct for you to be suspect. And no one is also uncommon because meeting and no no. Sometime back, they asked me to go and evaluate one pastor secretly. He's one of our pastors. And Sunday, they asked me to leave church. And so, you can say, I see this, we weigh people. I should go and sit in his church as if I'm a member and they weigh him and bring reports. <laughs> so, same way, I'm sure people will come here and come and sit here. <laughs> come and weigh. 
out of context. I didn't add that to my report because I felt it was too indicting. When you worship, no friend from So we must be very careful. And that day when I was leaving, I saw one of our members here there in that church. And she left this church because of marriage. On time, I am no no. On person of a time, I am no jaya sorry no koe. No koshe baby. Timi timo na me drew baby am bizo mami sorry baby. What I need to know, I have known. What I need to report, I'm good. How she's followed me outside. Na ne hong wang wang ese. What's your status? Everyone in Facebook and in social media, WhatsApp. E chawa ware kuwa waware. Those of you who run to marriage as if it is this thing. You go. <laughs> I don't want to say much so that it will give you clue. Which one you watch on the pictures or their two on the year and your worry for Casa no dear any the WhatsApp profile. Of course, I worry. Your person, I mean, the car, but that person, you're born a home by no jay or no coy. Because you're not for a bridge. The ladies here, let me tell you, if you know somebody, you know him very well, and he travels outside for about five years, you don't know him again. Because their society is so permissive that when they get there, they feel things that we consider sinful and wrong, they, they take it anyhow. Some of them, because they don't owe the embassy, they will promise you everything. After you've locked yourself with him, now come and take me and let's go. One year, two years, three years, and he keeps going on and on. Now tell her. Some of them, as if it is not even annoying, they will come and impregnate you and go back. So that they will stop you from even cancel that relationship and reordering your life again. Especially those of you who like men in Dubai and those Arab places. Let me give you a warning. You think it's a joke. Those places, they are rebuilding their country. So most of the people who go there are construction workers. Because every time they are building, they fill some of the desert and they build because those places, when they take the oil money, they share it for the families in the town. So when you are of age and of a certain you are entitled to a house once you are married. Those houses are what the government builds and it uses our people to build. So when you go and you are working in those construction, they don't give you a house, they give you dormitories. You think he can take you to go and sleep in a dormitory? Dormitory, we don't stay there with our wives. So that is by the way. So we should be able to follow teaching. We should be able to incorporate teaching in our what? 
giftings and administration of all the giftings so that people will know what to go and how to go about it. Because if you look at Acts chapter 6 verse 2, the apostles were saying that, look, what you are bringing is important, but we can't neglect teaching and go and do it because the teaching is what is going to work. Hold everything together and lead us to the direction the prophets are giving us so that we will get there. Amen. Amen. I want us to look at the excellence of balancing prophetic with sound teaching. We are talking about excellence. And prophetic must be balanced with what? Sound teaching. Or else we'll be in trouble. Prophetic ministry must be what? balance with sound teaching. So you see that those who are prophetic gifts, they also teach sometimes. Those who are not even good at teaching, they try to teach and they also have associates who are very good teachers. Amen. Come with me to 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Look at verse 9. Let me start from verse 8. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now, our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. Is that in your Bible? Look into your Bible very well. Even the gift of prophecy reveals what? only part of the whole picture. Where is the rest of the picture? It's in the teaching and the instructions that you are going to take to add to the picture and get the full picture. Amen. I had to say Wako Hospital. Doctor Diagnosis. We're interpreting interpretation the, the, the diagnosis and then the diagnosis will come out with a what doctor what follows diagnosis prescription so they will prescribe then you go and see a pharmacist then the pharmacist will take the prescription and start giving you dosage it's the same thing the prophet will see and give you the direction prescription uh, 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 what, what is it? Uh, diagnosis. But the others that are coming will come in a pack. Why? Because we see in part and we prophesy in part. That's how the New Old Testament put it. Uh, uh, Old King James put it. We see in part and we prophesy in part. So Paul and Co who were in charge of the church and have people working under them who have different kinds of gifts intentionally send these instructions to the churches so that people will know how they ought to conduct themselves. So he said now our knowledge is partial and incomplete and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes these partial things will become what? Useless. Amen. So we know in past, so sound teaching of God's word brings order and it guides the way people in the way of the prophetic direction. What will guide you in that prophetic direction? 
It's our teaching. As for the prophecy to come, it will show you the direction. The when and the how. You need the teaching and the direction of God. And that is in the word of God. So we know in part. We prophesy in part. Amen. So don't hold the prophets too, too much. When they say things and the thing doesn't look very clear, they know in part and they prophesy in part. The only difference is that they too, they won't own up and tell you we know in part and prophesy in part. Yes, I want to own a mobile. Say, Juma no, you too mean and shiny bottom. In Yamitu me. No, what you won't crash reno. Watch any baby a coney a dear Juma. Amen. It is so dream of a kindness, a corner say, and yes, and yes, a cofulia. And no, no, Jesse, young coach in a mono. Because we know in part and we prophesy in part. And whatever it is, you have also been given the spirit to be able to weigh. So you are supposed to weigh. So if you didn't weigh because they didn't teach you that you should weigh. We are talking about teaching here. They will all make a mistake. At the end of the day, something that is good for the church becomes despised. Amen. So sound teaching God's, of God's word brings order and it guides people. Number two, sound teaching will calm the believer down about the uncertainties of the when and how the prophecy will be fulfilled. Because where the uncertainty is, is what? When and how. But when you have sound teaching, it will calm you down. Can't walk with God for the full mile. Amen. I've told you this before, and what I'm going to tell you new is that last week I spoke to the gentleman in 2003. ICG 2003, I was a covenant family leader. And then ICGC was organizing covenant family leaders and counselors seminar in Kama Conference Center. So we all went. And after Dr. Otabel has finished speaking, Prophet Anok came and whilst he was praying and preaching and, pray, uh, preaching and then praying with all of us as covenant family leaders, the last minute till we said the closing prayer, he said, I have seen something. On the last seat, I have seen two parcels hanging in the air. One is carrying the name Andrew, one is carrying the name Moses. If you are sitting on that last seat, then you were specific and you bear those two names, stand up. We were sitting side by side. I think one person was here. So we both stood up. Both of us from the same church. We stood up and then he said a prophetic declaration. Two or three. That the two of you, God is handing you a gift. He's going to use that gift through you for the church. So be expecting that gift and be prepared to use that gift for the church. Sit down and close when is that gift going to be used? How is that gift going to be used? I don't know. He also didn't know. We were all in Makati Hill Assembly. We served and then I left him. Because I have moved to stay in Taifa and I joined Taifa Church. Then 2011. That is how many years? Eight years. Amen. Within the next two years. From that time, cry, you want your pastor to see you in a certain way. Eight years, not even in that same church, in another church. Then I went and they said, I should, there is a church that is struggling. 
they have suspended the pastor. So, as a deacon in the church council, I should go and handle the church. I went there and handled the church as a deacon. Whilst I was there, they said, the way you have handled this church, continue it and pastor it. That is how I started pastoring. I didn't force myself. I didn't lobby. I didn't tell anybody. So, I was a pastor by situation and circumstance. The how. Situations and circumstances. We are in the church council and they brought a letter that your pastor in that church, we have asked him to move out. Find somebody and put it. Then the council passed a resolution. And I remember what they said. You every day you have been talking about that church that we should go and provide washroom. We are going, we should go. You have been complaining a lot about that church that it looks neglected. Go and handle it. But I went there and I handled that church. When I went there, there were nine people. And they all stopped. It was left with about three. Six and it's a Mikabro Fododo. So I had my, my, my wife and then we joined. When we were there, and then the covenant family people in the church said they want to move into that church. So I had about five people coming from my covenant family to join it. And they were there. And I prepare and preach as if I'm preaching to a congregation of thousands. And that church grew and grew and we started building the church. So the how and the when. Now about the guy, Moses. I didn't know. I see Moses and he was the administrator handling the school. Morgan International. How many of you have seen Morgan International? He's the one in charge of that school. He had done education, came to Central University, did master. So he was handling Morgan International. Hey, Moses, prophecy now they are done teaching. I used to see him at Accra Mall, sitting by there and then projecting the school. Then just last year, I saw Moses being ordained as a pastor. So 203, 2019. How many years? 16. Okay. So one was eight. The other one was 16. Double. But we all had the same prophecy at the same time, the same day. So I decided to call Moses and I asked him, Moses, do you remember the prophecy? He said, oh, yeah, 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 I nearly forgot. Hey, then this one day you have to come to my church and tell them this prophecy. So I said, how did you become a pastor of that church? He said, well, I was there still helping the man to handle Morgan International School. Then one day the man walked to me and told me that I want to establish churches. I have seen you, you were a great leader as a Christian leader. So I want you to help me. I have one church in Elmina. I want to build one in Kasua so that you handle it. Will you be able to help me? He said, well, me, I'm a member of ICG, so I have to go and talk to my pastor. So Moses went and talked to, to, talk to Reverend Dr. Sampong. That this is what my employer, the man, is saying. Reverend Sampong said, well, you know, we wanted to take you to the Daniel Institute, but because of what is happening, we ask you to stay around to help. I don't think I have any problem with that if you want to join him. So take my blessing and go. So, he didn't become a pastor in ICGC. He became a pastor somewhere by somebody walking to you and saying, come and help me. On the day of his ordination, the pastor of Botovai, who was Reverend Ajimfra, was there to moderate the service. Reverend Dr. Sampon was there and ICGC members followed him and trooped him to that church and he was ordained to pastor that church.
when and how. He somebody built a church with his own money and said, go and pastor it. So he's there. He says, my wife is handling the women's ministry. She hasn't yet handed over. So she's here to conduct her, her, her elections. Then she will join me fully. Because it's just later part of last year. So they are just transiting. I am telling you this so that you know that the prophetic word can come, but the when and how is always a mystery. Sometimes you'll be told the when. Amen. And the how has always been a mystery. That's why somebody could tell Elijah that, look, this thing you are seeing, that it will come on tomorrow. Even if God should open the windows, I doubt. Because he doesn't know when. And we also didn't know when. But what we did was that we sat in church to be taught. And we listened to the word of God and we became good Christians in our churches. And we became loyal to our church and our pastors. And we did whatever we need to do as Christians and believers. And when the time came, when underlined, God in his own way just threw us where he wanted to throw us. And the prophecy that was said in 2003 has today manifested. And he himself has attested. He said, I should come to his church and come and share it with his church members and tell them. How 2003, he was told he would be a pastor. In 2019, he has become a pastor. Amen. Amen. So, sound teaching will calm you. Amen. And you will say, you have, you have, your time may delay, Dodo. Most of it, that's what happened to us. So, when you church, you say, Last Tuesday, Auntie Mavis taught us something. So the expiry date at all, no one so. No man who expired date. Until you tell me, Nanti prophecy no more go. Because we are many who expire, many who expire, expire. Now so the biayo say be expire. You will jump out and go and do something to orchestrate it, and you will miss it. Like Sarah jumped out of the prophecy and orchestrate and brought in a rival for herself. Nyanko ponse mema obasi uwe rade unkomshe di 25 years achadodo. Abraham, I mean, my will be. Maybe I'm not coming Because he couldn't wait. He, she had no idea of the when, 25 years, and how herself. She's missed it. Amen. Sound scriptural knowledge give both the prophet and the believer the capacity to filter what is heard and said. Amen. Prophets, they need a capacity to filter. Are you getting me? They all need a capacity to filter what is heard and said. The prophet must filter what he's hearing and filter what he's about to say. It is a wood knee in Nyamia Kamum, so we are Nathan, unkanyu na David Trauti. We are Nathan, unkanyu na David Trauti, and that is what we find in our days. Because the people lack the depth in terms of what sound scriptural knowledge, and they are not operating under any order. Sometimes the problem is not in the prophecy, but it's the way the thing is being filtered. The way it's being filtered. The discernment. 
So when you have sound scriptural knowledge, and I'm saying sound scriptural knowledge, you can have scriptural knowledge that is not sound. So when you say it's scriptural knowledge, but it's not sound. Because brother Jesus and Crawford can't the same thing or catch them. You don't know the kind of power you carry. Amen. So you can all have knowledge. It must be sound scriptural knowledge. When we have sound scriptural knowledge, both the prophet and the believer who both have the spirit of God who have the capacity to filter what is heard and what is said. Amen. Open your Bible to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm reading verse 21 to 22. 1 Thessalonians 5. 21 to 22. I've read the verse 19. It said, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Then it continues. Do you see that? So we must be able to filter. We must be able to filter. You must be able to filter. How do you know what is right and what is good? When you don't have... Because you see, the reason why the scripture was well written and it is documented is to help us to filter. Paul says the thing that was written was written as an example to us. So that we don't make the mistakes Moses and co made. Amen. You are in a better position than Moses. Oh, that's why all the anointing he carried. When Moses, you call him a brother, the On my first time prophet. Would you win your true Moses? How on a buffoon, baby, I didn't go see you. Well, Samson, the Yamedian, well, David, the Yamedian. These things were written as an example so that you have sound scriptural knowledge. So that by that, you have the capacity to filter what is heard and what is said. Amen. The written word is always like a lamp shining in a dark place. It is like a lamp. So when the psalmist was saying, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He was speaking in context. The written word is like a lamp shining in a dark place. It brings illumination through inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And that one is in Second Peter. When he was talking about the word of God in a prophetic context. First Peter, Second Peter chapter 1. If you look at verse 19, downwards, 2 Peter 1, 19. He said, because of the experience we have, because of the experience, because of that experience, he's talking about transfiguration. We have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Because so many because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophet. You must pay close attention to what they wrote. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Do you see that? Their words are like what? Lamp shining in the until the day dawns and Christ the morning star 
shines in your heart. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture, no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own interpretation or the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. Are you reading that in your Bible? So the word of God that is written were written by people who were moved by the Holy Spirit. And you and I have been given the same Holy Spirit to be able to wear the same word. What wrote the word of God is what you have in you. So you have the capacity to weigh. Amen. You have the capacity to do what? To weigh. In Acts chapter 17, verse 11 to 12. The reason why Paul commended the disciples of Berea or Berea, however you want to pronounce it. He said those people were more excellent Christians. They were more noble Christians. Why? Because they don't hear anything and start running with it. They will check. Amen. They will check. If you read 1 Corinthians 14, 29, he said one or two or three people should prophesy and the others should do what? They should check. Today, how many of us check prophecies and check the prophetic? Because you lack what it takes to check. Amen. Amen. He said the people of Berea were more open-minded than those of Thessalonica. Others say they are noble, they are excellent. And they listen eagerly to Paul's message. They search the scriptures day after day to say if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth, as a result, many Jewish believers, as did many prominent Greeks. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek women and men. So a lot of people came to what? Believe. And the reason why they were called noble, excellent, is because they would do what? They would check and search and compare and filter. Amen. So I want to end on this word. Before then, I remember. One time I was ushering in church. We were having a revival and this prophet of God came and was preaching. And then he called somebody in with a headache. So you have a serious headache throughout. It has been with you for years. So the guy walked to the front and he asked him, how did you get this? He said, I went to a place and the prophet prophesied that I will get a headache. The pastor turned his head slightly like this and slapped him. Next time, when he finished, then he prayed for him and prayed for the headache. <laughs> Why? Because he's expecting him to check. Amen. Because a prophecy must inspire, must encourage, and strengthen. So you go and somebody tells you this and you accept it. But like the people of Berea, you must all be able to you must be able to search the scriptures and compare. Like 1 Corinthians 14, 29, we must be able to what? Filter away and check the prophecies. I want to end here on this note. The noble or excellent New Testament believer is the one who has the capacity to examine and interpret the when and the how of a prophetic word. 
through scriptural inspiration. Amen. So we bet him you who uncommission. Day beba. Any sunny be a befa swaba. If you cannot walk by scriptural inspiration, I can tell you that you may hear good prophecies. Either you yourself will manufacture the result for yourself. Or by the time the prophecy must come, you are not there to receive it. Or you are not prepared to receive it. Because you are not waiting properly with scriptural interpretation. And scriptural inspiration. And we are operating as New Testament believers. We are not Old Testament believers. Where people have been given the spirit and they are supposed to administer to us. And when they are making mistakes, God has to intervene. Or sometimes they make the mistake and God has to kill them. Amen. But we live in an era where the spirit is given to peculiar people but also be given to all of us. And we have one common word, the scripture. To guide all of us. That is why the office of a teacher is also an office that guides all of them so all of them might be able to teach and nobody carries the title of a teacher as an office. And so, scriptural inspiration must guide the prophet and must guide the believer if we become excellent New Testament believers. Shall we be on our feet?